0: Hey everyone, welcome to a super fun solo episode of the Real Story Podcast. I just wanted to preface this solo episode. I recorded this several weeks ago, right before Secrets of Our House came out into the world. I think it was a night or two before launch, actually. And I was just coming off a complete tech-free weekend and was in the most incredible mental space I think I've ever been in. And since then, it has been a whirlwind of activities, a whirlwind of events, a whirlwind of being plugged into my technology. Um, So I'm so glad I got to do this before I launch and get to share this episode with you today. But because I recorded it a few weeks ago, I wanted to take a moment to think Every single reader, every single bookstagrammer, every single book blogger, every single author friend, every single family member, every single friend who has bought Secrets of Our House, shared Secrets of Our House, um, supported me on social media, offline, referring it to your friends. I cannot express how grateful I am with every book, book launch in that it's just this flood of just congratulatory words and comments and affirmation about writing. And I think it's so easy to just brush it aside or, you know, respond with a quick thank you so much without really feeling it and feeling the impact that your stories can have on other people and how people can be Extremely happy and proud of you and for you. And I think it's very easy to just brush that off and keep moving forward. And with the week of launch and the week since it's it's very easy to just keep moving, keep moving, keep moving, keep hustling on to the next event, on to the next thing. But I wanted to take a minute and just sincerely thank each and every one of you from the bottom of my heart, whether you've left a review, you've reached out to me personally. There have been just so many incredible touching moments along the path of this book launch that I cannot thank you enough. And I can't thank you enough for taking the time to read the book, review the book, share the book. It means so much to me. And though I try to respond to everyone, sometimes things, you know, slip through the cracks, especially with social media. But I just wanted to say it here first. I really, truly, deeply appreciate each and every one of you you make this, you make this profession so much fun, and it's the reason that I do it in the first place. Um, so thank you. I appreciate each and every one of you, and I hope you enjoy this solo episode about detaching from tech, taking deep rest and the importance of incorporating Sabbath into our lives. Enjoy. Hey, guys, I'm Ria Fry, best-selling author, business owner, wife, mother. But most of all, I'm a human. And I'm Joe Tower, entrepreneur, producer, editor, husband, son. And I am also a human. As writers, we're always digging behind the story of publishing, ego, process to get to the deeper truth of who we are and why we're here. While we're still pursuing that mission of The Right Way podcast, we wanted a platform where we could talk about being writers as well as being here. Now we'll be spending each episode talking with real people about real shit. This is the real story. So I am sitting here in my little writing studio, my she shed, as people call it, on Sunday night uh, before my book launch. So my book comes out February 8th. Um, this is a few days before have my Palo Santo, candle burning, crystals, all the fun things. And I wanted to record this right now because I am coming off of a two-day complete detox from phone and computer. And that doesn't sound like a big deal, but this is a true Sabbath that I took. Now, I am a very spiritual person. I don't subscribe to any specific religion, But I was recommended a book called Sabbath by Wayne Muller. It was written in like the late 90s. So you would think it would be very antiquated and, you know, we're so much more connected and distracted. But from page one, I was just so enraptured by the messaging that still holds true today. We do not rest. We do not rest, period. And, you know, we've really become a culture of hacks, right? Like life hacks and business hacks and relationship hacks and the top five ways to do this. And this is how you take care of yourself. And it really comes back to the fundamental principles that were created in biblical times that you cannot work all the time. You have to take rest. You have to take rest or your body will make you take rest. Illness. Cancer, depression. Um, I have read over and over again about people just like collapsing or discovering that they are ill and realizing that they have been going so hard so fast for so long that the universe literally made them stop. And oftentimes, is as, as terrible as a diagnosis, it can actually be a gift. But you know, in this day and age, I'm like, why do we have to get that point uh, to that point or get to that diagnosis in order for us to take the cues from our bodies that we ignore? And why don't we take rest? So I've been thinking a lot about this as the new year has started. I am kind of a little bit more solo right now with Rightway. Um, we have an amazing new intern. Shout out to Megan. You are incredible. <laughs> um, and we have another incredible girl on our team, Alexa. But Joe has been taking time to rest, to tend to Anna, as he should. So I've had um, a lot of clients to get out the door, a lot of new perspective, uh, ghostwriting clients and, you know, different things that are kind of coming down the pipeline which has all run parallel to the release of this fourth book. And normally, I'm someone who can just handle a shit ton of stuff. I've, you know, like always, you know, you're a machine or oh, you're this or oh, you're that. And I just run on this like hyper autopilot all the time. And I realized, as we've talked about on the show, but I really realized that all day long, all day long, I am responding to people. I am reacting to my life instead of living my life, instead of listening to the cues of my body and my brain and my spirit. And carving out an hour of time in the morning doesn't negate how plugged in I am and we are all day, every day. So again, I was thinking about this. I have been working around the clock, so plugged in. And, you know, my husband is like, good God, like, he's like, I watch you and you will literally, so I'm on my, on my computer most of the day. I have my phone with me always because I'm sending text messages, audio messages, responding to direct messages. Um, a million emails across three accounts, and again, I'm always responding, always giving energy. And in this book, The Sabbath, the author writes about he like collapsed. Um, well, he was he was exhausted, but then he got uh, bacterial pneumonia and was in the hospital bed. And was like, you know, as I was there, and all these people came to visit that I loved. I assumed that people I love give me energy and people I don't love drain me of energy. But in fact, every single exchange you have is an exchange of energy, and it is all draining. And it really struck me because I do only talk to people (laughs) that I love. But I noticed on Friday, which I typically have free, no calls, you know, I've been taking calls literally throughout the week. I've been doing what I can. You know, I have a book launch. So you say yes to a lot of things you maybe wouldn't normally say yes to. And Friday, it was like, oh, well, I can just do this one podcast. Oh, I can just do this one Zoom. Oh, I'll just take this one phone call. Oh, I'll just do this. And by Friday night, I had dinner with my parents and I just didn't want to go. I was so tired. I just wanted to take a bath and go to bed. But we went anyway. And my energy was just so... Low, And I was killing myself, kicking myself that I didn't listen to what I needed, which, you know, sent me down the rabbit hole of like, why don't we listen to our body's cues? And then I figured it out. It's because our body's cues, our brain's cues are not allowed to make their way into our state of consciousness, because we are always distracted by technology. Now, we talk a lot about technology on the show. We'll talk a lot about, you know, social media, not meaning to shit talk it, but just this, this level of distraction that we've gotten. And, you know, most of my life I've lived very, very detached from all tech, I loved having a landline. I was very resistant to getting a cell phone. I did not have a laptop computer forever. I didn't want to get on social media. And slowly we've, you know, kind of all entered into this contract that like, no, you have to do these things in order to exist. And then I was like, do we though? Because I started to remember the way I was in my 20s and my 30s, even early 30s, where I would come into the day and I would just like think And I would be in touch with myself and I would write a poem and I would sit around and read and talk. And it would never cross my mind to carry my phone from room to room to room to be sitting across the room from someone and then check my phone and be like, oh, hold on real quick. I just got to do this thing. That is such a slap in the face. And it's just been like hitting me more and more and more. So on Friday, I was, again, so exhausted. I came home. I had literally over 50 text messages, tons of unread emails. I mean, you should see my inbox. It's like thousands of emails that I haven't even read. And I was like, you know what? I'm turning my phone off for the entire weekend. So I turned it off and I never turn it off ever. I'll put on do not disturb. You know, I'll do all these things, but I reach for it. So I turned it off. I put my computer in my bag. And then I proceeded to just breathe. (laughs) And I just felt this massive weight. It wasn't panic at all. But what proceeded to happen over the next 48 hours was a masterclass in what this technology is actually doing to our relationships, to our minds, to our bodies, to our brains. If you're a parent, holy shit, I could not believe How this, on a daily basis, impacts my ability to be a present mother. And it was immediate. So Saturday morning, I got up, I came into my studio. Now, technically, I always say like, oh, I don't check my phone until, you know, eight or nine. But sometimes I bring my phone in because I have apps to breathe. I want to time myself. So I'll meditate, you know, I'll put a timer on for 15 minutes. And then it's like all those texts are waiting and all those things. And oh, then I'll just check the weather. And then I'll just check Instagram. And then I'll blah, blah, blah. So I didn't have any of that. So I had to really check in with myself and sit and listen to my mind and listen to my body and see what I needed for the day. So came into the day and then I went back inside. And when I started to make coffee, I was literally focused on making coffee. Now, that sounds so simple, but I realized my phone is always there while the water's heating. Let me just check this thing real quick while I'm grinding the coffee afterwards. Okay, let me just check this. I'm always ping-ponging back and forth between it. It's like this phantom thing. I mean, I reached for my phone all fucking day because I constantly, constantly respond and reach out to people. Every little thought I have, I'm like, oh, cool. This could, I got to tell this client this, or let me, you know, voice message my friend real quick, or, oh, I was just thinking about them. Let me Get back to them. And that's not a bad thing. But when it's all of the time and there is no conservation of energy ever, it does become detrimental versus becoming an asset. So I was making coffee. Alex and I had such an engaged conversation. And he was like, I'm doing it too. So he turned off his phone. And I asked Sophie if she wanted to go hiking. Now, typically, when we go hiking, it's you know, Alex, Sophie, and myself, and we'll go hiking, and she's just kind of like she loves to hike, but like not always engaged or kind of complaining. But I was like, let's go hiking. It was freezing cold, freezing cold. There was tons of ice everywhere, but we drove the 20-30 minutes, no phone, that meant no navigation, no Spotify. We had the radio on and my my daughter can now sit in the front seat and she like turned off the radio and we just fucking talked. We talked and we talked and we talked and it was the most soul nourishing thing in the world because that little device wasn't stealing my attention. And so we got there and for the next almost two hours, we hiked and we actually came up with the most incredible idea for her for a book. And, you know, typically when I'm walking by my phone or like I want to take a picture, it just constantly pulls me out of the moment or I'm th- it's in my fanny pack and I'm thinking of all the things that I got to respond to, you know, or let me take a picture and post it on Instagram. And it just constantly interrupts the moment. So we walked and she did not stop talking the whole way. And just like we came up with this incredible killer kids book idea. I'm not even going to say it because it's so good and I really want her to work on it. Um, and so we walk, 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 walk. And then on the way back, we got in the car. She was like, I'm going to take a nap. And then on the way back, I realized I didn't pay that much attention to how we got there. And so because I didn't have navigation and I wasn't, you know, when you have navigation, you just turn your brain off. I used to memorize directions. I used to be so good at that stuff. And I realized that I took a wrong turn and I was like, oh, this doesn't look familiar. So I had to navigate my way back, which I did and realized once again, oh my God, I rely so heavily on this device. Came back, had the most incredible afternoon. Alex and I physically connected. I mean, I know people are like, oh God, talking about sex. But like, it's something we talk about where it's like, we don't have time, you know, or It's oh, we're tired at night or oh, this or that. And again, without that distraction, without just checking and pulling away and like making work not an option on the weekends, making checking in with other people before we check in with ourselves, that was now off the table. And I just could not believe how much I'd been neglecting my relationship, my physical sense of intimacy with my husband, my intimacy with my daughter. We came back from our hike. We ate lunch together. Alex was at jujitsu and he wasn't texting. You know, like usually we'll text a bunch and that was so nice not to have that between us. He could just have his time. I had my time. Sophie, like, was, she's really good at clay. She was playing with clay. I was sitting and journaling and reading and it was a true restful nourishing day. We cooked food. We sat around. I took a bath. We we did watch a movie together. So that was the only screen time we got, but it was a family movie and it was really fun. And I couldn't believe how engaged and alive my child was, how engaged and alive I felt, but also how fucking tired I was because I did not have those little dopamine hits hitting me Every 10 seconds, 15 seconds, five minutes. And it was just like, oh my God, I'm constantly up and down and up and down and up and down and distracted, distracted all day, every day. And it's so funny to me because we put all these boundaries around our phones and there are these all all these apps that we can do and it limits our time. Until you put that phone in a drawer and turn it off and Not make it an option. You actually do not understand how it is fucking your life up so completely. I don't know a single person who has a healthy relationship with their phone. Not a single person. Again, it is something we have all bought into. It is something that we all accept as normal. And it was probably the worst time to do this before launch because I have a lot of shit to get ready. I have, you know, all these virtual events and I got to send out a newsletter and a mass email and all these things. And it was like, no, I need to take care of me because this next week is going to be nothing but giving energy out and out and out. And so by the end of the night on Saturday, you know, Alex and I were just like blown away. And we've been doing this journaling exercise at night, which is um, was suggested by This amazing author, his name is Alex. I'm blanking on his last name, but it's called The Third Door. And every night for 30 days, you answer three questions in your journal. Uh, And it is what brought me enthusiasm today? What drained me of energy today? And what did I learn about myself today? You do that for 29 days straight. You do not reread it. You just kind of free write for 15 minutes. On the 30th day, you take yourself somewhere special um, that's not in your house, uh, somewhere you like to go. You mark off mark off an hour and you read every single entry. You study it like it was some sort of, you know, you're studying for a test and you're looking for similarities. And then at the end of that hour, you ask yourself, what brought me enthusiasm this month? What drained me of energy this month? What did I learn about myself this month? And we are only like five days in, and I have already learned so much about myself, my relationship, what I'm no longer willing to do. And it's so funny because I thought that it was a time thing or an environment thing or Oh, my daughter's just going through this like weird phase, or you know, all these like pointing to all these different things. And in fact, it was or it is overworking, constant distraction, and not carving out time to rest. In addition to doing this weekly, which I really want to do it every weekend if I can, I it would, I mean. It is incredible. And I know so many religious households do this and they're probably like, yeah, it's called the Sabbath. It's been around forever. But it gets harder and harder to do that and completely put that phone away because the weekends are like when we cram everything in or we see friends or do all of those things. And while that's really lovely, I think we are all so undernourished from checking in with ourselves, from knowing what we want and need, that it is Imperative to at least try this. So, in addition to that, realizing how much I do check email and how much, you know, I've tried to set boundaries and failed, like it's all changing. It is all changing. And another thing we have thrown in there is like organizing our schedule so that we can take naps after lunch. And A lot of people, yes, if you work in an office, I realize that's not necessarily possible, but so many of us work from home and we wear this busyness like a badge and we drink more coffee when we're tired and we sit hunched over these fucking machines that at the end of our lives and on our deathbeds, we will never once say, God, I wish I'd spent more time on my computer. God, I wish I'd spent more time watching other people's lives than living my own. And it's a refrain we say over and over again. It's a refrain we see over and over again. And yet there we are every day clicking and scrolling and consuming and checking and responding. And at some point you have to stop and ask yourself what it's costing you. And for me, it was costing me everything. It was costing my health, my sanity, my sense of well-being, my relationship to self, to my husband, to my daughter, You know, even to friends, like going back and forth all day via audio message or text message or even a long phone call does not replace in-person, like an in-person relationship and, and getting together. But often what happens is when you do get together, half the time you are distracted or you are pulling out that phone or you keep it face up or face down on the table as if this thing is more important than the living, breathing people around us. And what I kind of came to realize, not kind of, what I did come to realize is that I have been putting my relationship to my phone above my relationship to any human being in my life. And I really sat with that, like really, really sat with that and was just appalled that not too long ago, I would have never, if you had told me that I couldn't go to the bathroom without bringing my phone with me or that I couldn't work out without, you know, oh, I've got my my breathing warm up and then, oh, there's the Allo Moves app and I'll I'll do a yoga class or I have a boxing timer, I'll do that or I'll listen to you know, music, that we just rely on these devices. And today when I woke up, so Sunday I woke up today without my phone and I got up and I was just like waking up to the way I used to be. I heard it was freezing outside. I walked to my studio, I breathed, I meditated and I just heard the birds. I sat and just reveled in it. And then I stepped outside and I put my face in the sun and I started to feel... Like I used to feel when I would journal all the time and when I would write down every single thought. And I would sit around and pine and dream and wander and read incredible books and have sex and make out and just fill like fill myself with desire instead of tasks. And this weekend has absolutely upended everything that I would like bitch and moan about with my relationship or with the the house not being clean or this or that. Like all of that was obliterated because we were together as a family. Um, We went, you know, we had breakfast together. We went in grocery shop together and we just spent time together in a, in a house. And that sounds so simple, but, it's the simplest things and the simplest solutions and the things that make the most sense are now the hardest to do. How do you live a life without having a smartphone? How do you live a life without being reachable at all times? How do you do that? And as I have continued to grow and evolve over the past few years, and I'm asking myself different questions and my family's about to embark on this crazy journey where we sell everything and and go on a big cross-country adventure. Like I am going to continue to find the answers to these questions, to create rules that work for me and not necessarily indicative of what is socially accepted or what is considered normal, because I want to feel good at the end of the day. I want to be optimized at the end of the day. I want to feel rested. I want to feel joyful. I want to feel that I have space to think and breathe and dream and play. And if that means working less, if that means getting a light phone instead of a smartphone, if that means locking my technology in a drawer that I can't get to every single weekend, then sign me the fuck up because the way I have felt this weekend is more alive, more grounded than I have in the last probably handful of years. And I want more of it. And I challenge you to try it. We all talk about it, but we don't realize how ingrained these phones are into our lives and how it keeps us from figuring out what it is we want or think or dream or believe at any point of the day. So that is my big awakening this weekend. As always, if you would be so kind to subscribe rate, review this podcast as we venture more and more into real talk on the real story. We would be so grateful. And if you are looking for a fun read, Secrets of Our House is now officially out. Please, please buy from your local bookstore. If you want to get a signed copy, Snail on the Wall books, Parnassus books, you can order from any retailer, both online or in person. Please leave a review. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate you. Get off your phones and go live your real life. Thanks for listening to Rightway Presents The Real Story. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and comment. And for more information on The Real Story and Rightway, visit rightwayco.com.